0: Sada Shiva Samaram bam Shankara Charyamadyamam Aspadacharya Paryantam Vande Guru Param Param Murti Beda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurthaye Namaham Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam paramanandam sadgurum pranatosmiham om Narayana Govinda. So, the uh, enlightened people, Ishwara included, uh, they use their Maya. They use Maya to communicate. They're not controlled by Maya. The Jiva, if the Jiva is situated here, then Maya's above them. Maya's a god. It's above them. It's controlling them. A the god is something that controls you. So ordinary people are controlled by Maya. But jnanis and Avatars, what? They control Maya. It doesn't mean they, they change the sun, the moon and the stars and all that. That's one of the big fantasies in the spiritual world is that some of these gurus they get people who are so intellectually dull that the people want to believe these miraculous things so they tell you that they're actually controlling the wind and the sun and the moon and all that sort of thing. People believe it. It's amazing there was one he's now dead Adi Da his name was he was known as he started out as Da Frijan and then Da Avabasa then the Ruchira Buddha, then the Avatar, blah, 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 something, whatever. And he was the guy that had probably the, mo- the biggest, the worst case of enlightenment sickness in the history of the world. <laughs> and and he convinced people that he was actually making the hurricanes and the rains and all this sort of thing. And they all, all believed it. Oh, people will believe it. There was a, a woman I met, in uh, Tiruvannamalai years ago uh, a nice woman she wrote a, a, a big book huge fat book it was channeled information so she believed in all these extraterrestrials and and ascended masters and so forth and so on and she also believed that yogis can control the material elements now that they can but not in the way that she thought they could so she, she rented this beautiful this apartment, and she spent a lot of money making it very beautiful. It was like a temple inside. It was very beautiful. She was an artistic and spiritual type of person. The only problem was, it was India, and next door to the, her beautiful apartment, which was upstairs, was the Indians started throwing garbage, and then they burned the garbage. So there was always garbage, you know, that's such a foul, disgusting smell. And then that smell would come up into her beautiful temple. And she couldn't meditate and she was all disturbed. So when I was there, she got so fed up, she called a yogi in Bombay. She said, oh, this yogi will fix it for me, she said. She called him, started talking to him on the phone. And she told him what the problem was. And she said, you, you really must make the wind blow the other way so the smell doesn't ever come into my apartment. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: she thought, you know. And when it didn't, I guess she, I don't know what she did. I never asked her. Um, because, uh, you know, human beings, I don't care who they are, are not controlling the five elements like that. You can control the elements in your body up to a point. But... That's about it. So people get all these funny ideas about avatars and spiritual people and so forth and so on. But what this verse is trying to what these verses are trying to say is that that when you know who you are you're standing above maya. So you're not affected by maya. You see? Everything from everything below maya affects everything else. But anything above doesn't affect it. So what's above maya is awareness. It's not, awareness is not affected by maya. Everything here affects everything else, but not completely. Some things at this level don't actually impact much on this level, although there is often a connection. This is why he talks about subtle to gross. But if you're in this dimension, basically you're controlled by maya, which means the gunas. And so... They're asking you to, we'll see soon, for chapter 14, when we get to 14, about the necessity for understanding the gunas. And when we say about transforming ourselves, we don't mean ourselves are transforming. We mean just changing our state of mind. Because it's the gunas that control your states of mind. See? You you can't change your state of mind by, with by willpower. That won't work. You have to change your state of mind by controlling the gunas by doing your actions. So through karma, you can change the gunas and then the gunas will change your state of mind. So we just want a state of mind that's capable of discrimination where sattva is predominant guna. Now he says, so he's talking about worship and I just mentioned that earlier. If you want, if you want big muscles, then you worship Ishwara and you go to the gym and you pump iron. And then Ishwara gives you big muscles. That's all it is. It's nothing mystical about this. Okay? This is just purely practical science. It's cause and effect. So when he says, in whatever way people worship me, I bless them according to their worship. So Ishwaras, just as we point out, it's not a big daddy in the sky saying, no, don't do that. Bad boy, bad girl. No, it's not like your big papa in the sky that's controlling and regulating and governing you. Ishwara is controlling you by what? By giving you the fruits of your actions. So actually you're controlling Ishwara. If you understand. If you don't understand, then Ishwara controls you. Either way. It's up to you. This is why you have the choice. Either you can transform your mind according using the principles of yoga, or you can allow what? the gunas to just you know operate on their own in your mind and you won't like it <laughs> you you won't like it believe me it will be you'll feel very 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 unfree you'll be tied to the gunas the gunas means ropes and these gunas are chains Tama gunas called a, a, a iron chain and then raja gunas called a silver chain and Satraguna is called a golden chain, but a golden chain will bind you just as much as an iron chain or a, a, or a silver chain. It doesn't matter. These gunas will tie you down if you don't uh, transform them. So yoga is about uh, managing or the re- changing or, or adjusting, let's put it that way, adjusting the relative proportions of each guna according to your spiritual needs. And it's always changing. Sometimes you'll need to be a little more rajasic. Sometimes you'll need to be a little more tamasic. Sometimes you'll need to be a little more sattvic. And the gunas affect all the different parts of, this, of, your, of, the, of your subtle body and your physical body in different ways. So you can be very emotionally tamasic and very intellectually rajasic. You can be very, what, sattvic, do very sattvic actions, and be extremely unemotional or extremely emotional. It all depends. And on same with the senses and same with the physical organs, the physical physical um, instruments, and the senses. All of those are affected by the gunas, and there are different proportions of gunas in each one of these in each one of these aspects of yourself. Plus, the gunas outside are always changing. I was with somebody. I don't remember this morning and you know they they claimed that we were supposed to have uh he said I I feel kind of dull and I said yeah I feel dull too and 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 you know why it was because the the tamoguna was operating in the atmosphere the the weather was tamasic it was wet and it was cold and it was dark and that what it has an effect on your psyche you huh There was nothing you did, yes, I slept well at night, I was basically in a good mood, but my mind felt dull. Why? Because the guna changed. The sun comes out, and it's bright, and what happens? All the light comes, you're not photon-deprived anymore, the photons hit you, and you feel happy, and you want to go for a walk, and your mind becomes sattvic. So, you know, the whole whole environment, your friends, your family, if you hang out with, with rajasic people, you will be rajasic. If you hang out with tamasic people, you will become tamasic. If you hang out with satvik people, you'll become Satric. You know, and the implications in terms of personal relationships is big, because very often, you know, you're going to have to progress spiritually, you're going to have to get rid of some of your friends. Which isn't always a bad deal. As and as you as your guna gets more and more satric, it will attract more and more satric. Friends, that's all. Because they'll be attracted to sattva, and you'll be attracted to sattva, and so what? Your whole environment will improve. Very often, we're attached to uh, unhealthy relationships, to tamasic people or rajasic people, and uh, and we don't want to break those connections. And we wonder why we're not spiritually progressing. Well, it's just simply that you're you're associating with a person who's at a much lower level, lower vibration, vibrational level than you. And therefore, what? It's dragging your mind down. That's all. So sex, food, money, all these things need to be looked at in terms of these gunas and managed in that light. We'll see when we get on with the chapter. So, he said, I bless them according to their worship. People follow my path in many ways. If they desire the results of their actions, in other words, they want stuff in the world, if they want the results of action, they worship the world. In the world, results come quickly. Hmm? Reasonably quickly. Now, why does he say that? Because spiritual results often don't come quite so quickly.
1: <laughs>
0: huh? So you have to have this karma-yoga attitude when you're doing your work here. When you're working on yourself, when you're working on your subtle body, you need to maintain that karma attitude. Because the results aren't necessarily going to come very quickly. They will come. And they won't necessarily be as dramatic as you would like. But you shouldn't worry about them. You should take whatever result comes as prasad and just keep consistently working. Because over time, your mind will get pure. Your mind will get clear. You just have to stick to it. One of the qualifications we said was titiksha. It means determination, sticking to it. Not letting these little setbacks bother you. And then he says here, just to analyze the gunas. Same story. In the, the four social divisions based on the qualities and duties is created by me. In other words... The, the organization of society is guna-based. Huh? Where you have predominantly sattvic people, you find those are the creative people and the thinkers in the society. The brains. Those are the, they're predominantly sattvic. Where, you, where, where people are rajasic, you find them in the military. And, in, and, and in, uh, um, in the police. In these kind of places where they're extremely active and powerful people. And the administration systems and justice systems and so forth, you find what? Rajasic people with a high degree of sattva because they're, what, enforcing dharma. These are people who uphold and enforce dharma. So they have sattva and rajas. In the, commercial, in the commercial area, you have people who are predominantly rajasic and tamasic. They're materialists, but they have enough rajas to get things happen. And then in the, in the lower class, the working class, they have a bit of Rajas and a lot of Thomas. And they're, they're able to work and serve, but they're not able to think very clearly because their minds are Thomasic. And the whole, all the societies worldwide everywhere are organized on a caste system. Don't, don't, don't blame India. <laughs> the, the old caste system that you have there is a remnant. The actual society is always organized on the basis of the guna principles so that means what not only do they affect you but they're affecting the whole the gunas are actually controlling and regulating and governing all of the societies the politics economics all of that is guna controlled and he says and then he says again even though i am its author know me as a changeless non-doer <laughs> even though huh, i create it with my power of maya, I remain uh, unchanging and non-doing. How do I create? I shine on huh? maya. It's an effortless action that Ishwara does. Ishwara just shines. And when maya appears, what? It, all these gunas operate and the whole world starts spinning. Maya itself is just inert matter. It can't move, it can't change. There's no organization there's no time nothing no space nothing it's just an inert blob of matter and when it arises in consciousness consciousness illumines it huh just shines it consciousness doesn't think oh here comes maya now i have to shine on maya in other words consciousness is not a person thinking like that Consciousness is just present, sending out its rays of light everywhere. And when maya comes and peers in front of it, boom, the whole creation explodes. It's just projected, boom, like that. That's how Ishwara or maya, that's how Ishwara creates. It doesn't do anything by its very presence as a consciousness or awareness, what it creates this whole thing. And it can't create without maya, and maya can't create without it. Hmm? Maya can't create because it's inert. Consciousness can't create because it needs something to create. It can't create. It's not a doer. So when you get matter and spirit, consciousness together, then boom, you got creation. So everything in the creation is what? All the jivas, all the conscious beings, are a combination of spirit, i.e. consciousness, and matter and it's just our job to understand what the material portion is and what the spiritual portion is and not confuse the two that's that's what discrimination is so he's saying "So, eva actions don't affect me nor do I long for results so he's saying I'm not a jiva jiva what jiva longs for results jiva's doing everything for results and and the results affect the jiva. But the results don't affect Ishwara. And it doesn't long for results. It doesn't want any results. Why? Because it's Purnatva. Purnatva means it's full. It's complete. No result could complete you. No action or its result could make you complete. You're already full and complete. So you don't long for any results. You're not a... Bhokta, a doer, a karta, or a bhokta, an enjoyer. If you know me clearly, you will not be bound by your actions. If you understand Ishvara clearly, you will get free of what? Of your actions. Because what? Jiva's identity as consciousness is the same identity as Ishvara. Just the upadis are different. Just the five bodies, and the, the three bodies and the five sheaths are different. But essentially, Jiva and Ishwara are the same. So if you understand Ishwara, you understand Jiva. If you understand Jiva, you understand Ishwara. Either way. Self-realization or God-realization, this ends and the same result. Be like those who know me and perform actions. So he's giving Arjuna a sadhana here. He's saying... Do things the way I do them. In fact, they have that idea in Christianity. It's called imitatio Christi, imitate the life of Christ. You seen that? You know that? You know? Maybe not. I I went to Jerusalem years ago, and uh, I went up the the Holy Mountain, and I found out all about Christianity and that sort of thing. And that that's one of their teachings: imitate Christ. So what he's saying here is the same thing: imitate these avatars, imitate these teachers. Live that kind of life. Think like they do. Act like they do. Huh? That's what we call faking it till you make it. <laughs> Don't.
1: Huh?
0: Yeah, it, it's going to feel dishonest. Hmm? You will feel dishonest. Say, claiming yourself as awareness. Not to everybody else. To yourself. You assert your awareness. Your divinity. And you live the right kind of life. Live the life Like an avatar, like a a pure saint or a holy person. And you'll feel like a fraud. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't feel right. I'm really a little worm. Oh, I can't say I'm a great big infinite non-transcendental being. I can't say that. That doesn't seem honest. No, it's quite honest to say it. It's dishonest to say that you're small and inadequate and incomplete. That's the lie. So don't. if you act on the basis of that lie, what are you going to get? You're going to feel small and inadequate and incomplete. If you take a stand in awareness and assert yourself as, uh, as consciousness and t- treat your body as an instrument, as an object, and, and act in the karma yoga spirit, what's going to happen? The whole world will confirm your what? your your identity you will gain the re, you will gain results that are equal to your identity to your action your mental action and your physical actions the ishwara will give you that moksha through that process so we don't want to do that oh it feels honest if feel, one of my friends who was practicing said i always feel like a fraud I feel like a fake like a phony she said well, you're supposed to feel that way. <laughs> that's normal. That means you're aware of how who you're jiva and what it's feeling like. And so you know. So that's good. It's it's pointing out this part this attitude that you have in yourself that you think you're small and incomplete and inadequate. Even okay, now he's gonna talk about this is a great chapter. Even sages are sometimes confused about action and actionlessness. Action means what? What's happening here? Actionlessness means awareness. Awareness is actionless awareness. That's called akarta. This is called karta or karma. The word karma or karta or doer, doership applies here, (coughs) what? And this is, an awareness or consciousness is actionless. So he says, people, even even wise people are confused about this. He says, if you understand my teaching about action, you will be released from samsara. You should know which actions are sanctioned and which are forbidden by Scripture. If you have a doubt about what's what the right thing to do, then read the scripture. Okay? It will tell you. These actions are scripturally sanctioned. They will what? Produce punya karma, good karma. They'll produce a happy state of mind. And if you do these actions, what will you do? You will get bad karma and your mind will be disturbed. So you need to... Uh, certain actions are prohibited and certain actions are permitted and encouraged. And you need to figure out what those are. Right? If, you have, if you can't tell... You don't. If you're not in touch with your own dharma, with with your own inner self, then you need to read the scripture and find out and follow the scriptural injunctions. That's what the scripture's for. It's for people who are confused. They don't know how to act. They don't want to get in trouble. Mind you, they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to suffer. So the the scriptures based upon. It's called. The, the the scripture we're talking about here is called the karma conda of the Veda. That's the section of the Veda that deals exclusively with action. Understand? Action and the results of action. You need to understand that. And certain and what? Those prescriptions that are given in the Veda, those do's and don'ts, don't do this and do that. Those what are based upon what? Experience in the Dharma field: If you do this action, it will produce this result. That's all. It's not a moral thing, particularly. It's a it's a experiential thing. It's a scientific principle. Understand? And and if I my desires are too strong, or my fears are too strong, I will contemplate or I will do actions that hurt me. And that hurt the world, you see. Uh, My mind is too dull or too agitated. I can't feel what's right. I don't know what's the right thing to do. That's what's happened to Arjuna. Arjuna doesn't know what's what what uh, he's supposed to do. He's out of touch with what's what's right to do. The right thing for him to do is to do his job, but he's out of touch because his mind is so agitated. So for people like that, then what you have a scripture. So he's saying, you see it in yoga, yamas and niyamas. You see it in, in Buddhism, right action, etc., etc. All the same thing. For people who don't know what good actions or sattvic or pure actions are, and, and which are self-centered actions that will produce pain, suffering. Uh, <clears throat> you also should under understand actionlessness. What's that means? Consciousness, yourself. Actionlessness is awareness. Awareness is, or consciousness is actionless. Karma is difficult to understand. Why? Because it's never the same from one moment to the next. And in every situation, huh, in the same situation, a different response is often required. So there's no real formula you can use. There's two kinds of Dharma called samanya dharma and vishesha dharma. Dharma also means to respond appropriately. That's another meaning. It's my duty to respond to what happens appropriately. Now, when I respond to to what happens appropriately, I'm in a a field of rules, aren't I? We're talking now moral rules, okay? Rules. These are called universal values. That's called samanya dharma. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, etc. Don't injure people. Don't harm, don't, don't kill, etc. <clears throat> Ten Commandments. Everybody basically agrees on those rules. You don't lie to me because you don't want to be lied to. You don't injure me because you don't want to be injured. You don't cheat me because you don't want me to cheat you. So we agree that what? Lying, cheating, stealing, and violence are not good. Those are universal values. All societies, all cultures, at all places, at all times, right, enshrine those values. Usually the legal system is based upon those values, to some degree. To a large degree, in some cases. Now, what happens is this. On the ground, every day, huh? I have to look at what happens and interpret whether or not my action... Is the huh, is the dharmic action in light of what what values are operating in other words it's, we call that self and call it we call it the Dharma or situational ethics according to the situation I have to act and it's not always clear what I should do is it It's not always clear what values are operating. Sometimes you have to do a, an act of violence is, a, is the right thing to do. In this case, it's the right thing for Arjuna is to do an act of violence, isn't it? I know, nobody agrees with that, do they? <laughs> but it's appropriate in that situation because he hasn't put himself there. He didn't try to get there. The whole circumstances... Uh, His whole conditioning, the whole circumstances, everything brought him to that place. That means Ishwara has put him there for a reason. And now he's got a moral problem. Because he doesn't want to kill anybody, even though it's his job to kill. That's his job. Society always has people who kill for it. You need people that kill for society. Otherwise, society would be destroyed because there's plenty of people out there who will kill just for the hell of it. They, they have reason to destroy you. And there's lots of those people. Look at what's happening in the Middle East now. Look at what's happening with terrorism and stuff. It's mad. These people are aggressive, angry people. They do not care. They don't care about their life or anybody else's. They just uh, got blood, and they want blood, and they want to kill, and they will. Look at that ISIS in Iraq. You see how Dharma's—they're going to correct those people. Look at them, just walking around, beheading people, kidnapping people, raping women—just like mad people, out of their minds.
1: That's
0: their program, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's their program, and their program's going to get destroyed if their program. So that means somebody's got to kill them, and they will. <laughs> that's how it works. That's how Ishwara works. That's how karma works. That's how dharma works. Yes. But on an everyday level, never mind all that drama on that level. But on a personal level, I have to what? I have to consider how my values, the value of my values, and how they interact with the, what? Universal values. So it's, it's Sometimes it's, it, you should, you, sometimes you should say a kind word, and sometimes you should say a strong word. In the same situation, it may be different. So that, this is why he says it's always difficult to tell what to do. This is why action it, it confuses people. How to respond in every situation? And then he gives into a famous verse here: <clears throat> "The one who sees actionlessness in action, or actionlessness as action, and action in inaction, in and action in actionlessness." is wise and has done everything that has to be done. That's it. a rather clumsy and difficult way of putting this situation. What it means is that a wise person, right, when his body is acting, he knows that what? The gunas are doing the action. So even though he is awareness and is not acting, he what? He's actionless when he's acting. And what? And when you're asleep, and you looks like you're inactive, when you're not acting, huh? You're actually acting, aren't you? Or like, like I'm okay. Am I doing anything? Never mind the words. Forget the words. Okay. Just look and see. Sitting. breathing, sitting, thinking, sitting. Yes, you're never inactive. Even when, even in sleep, you're active. How? Not physically, although your body will f- flap around. But then since you're not there in the body dimension, you're not active. But what, what? Even in sleep, you're potentially active. Because what? The vasanas are still there. They're just not sprouting. They're actually vibrating. They're time-sensitive. And when, when the parabdha karma kicks in, then those vasanas are going to sprout and then you're going to be active. So even when you're asleep, you're what? You're active. Even when you're not doing something, you're doing something. In other words, something's always happening here and something's never happening here. And if you understand that what this is and what this is, then you're what? You're free. You won't confuse yourself with what? With action and the instruments of action, with the doer. Moksha is just that. Just knowing the difference between satya, what doesn't move, huh? what doesn't change, and what does change. There's a part of you that doesn't change, and there's a part of you that does change. And what? And moksha, for liberation, is just not confusing the part that doesn't change with the part that does change. Now, if you say... If you say I went to the supermarket. Is that that an enlightened person? Would an enlightened person say, I went to the supermarket? Yes and no. Huh? (laughs) Yes and no. In in what sense did he go and what sense did he not go? Hmm? The body went. The body went. But if you think you went when the body went, if you say I went to the supermarket, then what? You've confused I, awareness, with the body. The body went to the supermarket. The I was already at the supermarket. <laughs> the I pervades every, every atom of these, this apparent reality is pervaded by consciousness. Consciousness is everywhere present. So there's nowhere that consciousness can move to the supermarket because consciousness is already at the supermarket, just like space pervades all the objects in this room.
2: Question. Yeah, Would you then say, then, that you are, uh, in a way, identical with the guys from the ISIS?
0: Uh, not identical. <laughs>
2: I mean, uh, but everything is consciousness, right?
0: Oh, but not every huh? Yeah. Everything is what consciousness, but not everything, is in the same order of reality of consciousness. Th- think of the, the man dreaming a white light in a dark room. Think of the chair and the, and the wood. Is, is ISIS the chair, or is ISIS the, the wood? It's a chair. Yeah, it's a chair. Is it real? No. No. So even though they're both, the, they're one, even though they're both the one, they're not identical, they're not the same. Reality is non dual, but it has two aspects. One part, what doesn't change and is free, and the other part changes and is not free. That's true of every single thing. Every single thing, every single conscious being is what? Is a mixture of spirit and matter. Consciousness and what? And matter. The matter changes, and the self doesn't change. It's a simple. It's not easy. <laughs> Why? Because if I say I went to the supermarket, I has jumped down. I'm hungry. Is I hungry? No. The prana kosha is hungry. This sheath is hungry. The prana kosha is your vital air sheath. I'm thirsty. That's here, in between these two. Huh? I'm sad. I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm sad, happy, sad. Huh? Is I happy or I sad? No. Where is the happiness and sadness coming from? From the material side, from the monomaya kosha. That's where happiness and sadness is. Those are gunas that operate. The I never is happy or sad. But you say, I'm happy, I'm sad, don't you? That means what? You don't know who you are, doesn't it? That means you've confused your emotions with yourself. You've projected your emotions onto this. (laughs) We call it mutual superimposition. Either you think this is this, or you think this is this. (laughs) That's called mutual. Either way, it doesn't matter. Are are you sad? No. My my mind is sad. I I have sad feelings. I see my sadness. Are you happy? No. I have happy feelings. I see the happiness uh, in me. The, the awareness is never, ever connected to anything here. That's why if you understand your awareness, you're free of it. Huh? But everything here is connected to awareness, isn't it? Means what? You can't have a happy or a sad feeling or do an action without what? Consciousness. So everything you do and think and feel depends upon you, consciousness, but you, consciousness, don't depend upon anything you think and feel. You're free of them. And, and sadhana, Vedanta, is just shifting your identity from the field up to here. Moving the eye from any one of these locations in the field up to here. It's a gradual process. Because now the I has got all identified here. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm... Oh, I'm... I I'm, i think. How about that? That's a hard one, isn't it? Does the I think? The I is capable of thought when Maya is operating, but the I doesn't think, does it? The I is what? Nirvikalpa. Nirvikalpa means without thought. So the eye is free of thought. I want. Is that true? No, why not? The eye is nirvanaha. Without vana, without flame, without desire. See the work you have to do? Hmm? See the work? See the sadhana? You want some work? You want to do some honest work? There's some honest work. Separate the eye from the objects. It's not going to change unless you change it. The, uh, your identification is going to remain here with your thinking, with your feelings, with your, your, your appetites, and with your actions, and with the bliss. That's the bliss sheet. That's where everybody wants to go. But even bliss is what? Even bliss is what? Changing. There are three levels of bliss. Priya, moda, and pramoda. And it's not always there. It comes and goes. So you can't even say, I'm blissful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are
1: the different
0: levels? Pardon? the three different layers of, of levels of, of bliss priya moda and pramoda now let, let's say let's say i'm hungry i'm hungry and uh, and that's agitating me not happy i'm hungry so i'm walking down the street uh, and i see kentucky fried chicken i smell it <laughs> I'm saying this just to piss off all you self-righteous vegetarians, okay? <laughs> so, I smell, cont- oh, the Colonel Sanders. Secret blend of herbs and spices. Eleven secret herbs and spices. Ooh, that greasy Tomasic stuff. Mm. I feel, huh? Even, I haven't even walked in the door, but I started to feel happy right away. Huh? That's called priya. When, you, when you're close to the object of your desire, huh? you start to feel a little happy. Not real happy, but a little happy. And then you walk in, and you look at the menu, and you see all that greasy chicken and those lovely french fries dripping in fat and grease. Huh? And that... Oh man! And you're close. And you order. And you see the man, huh? And you see the man actually is putting it in your little box. You know your little chicken box. You know now. Oh boy, this is good. Then, huh? The joy gets even greater, huh? You pay your money, and now it's mine. You still have. You're still not all the way there. You run over to the table. You rip off the top, and you. promoda. You totally one. You've assimilated, huh? And you feel totally happy and you experience bliss. That's what happens when you get what you want. You go here. But the bliss is in degrees and it's on and off depending upon your desires. So to say I'm blissful means what? No, you're not blissful. You're the knower of the bliss. So at every level of experience, there's what? There's a superimposition there's a confusion huh? between what? Who I am and what I'm experiencing. Between my ego, the experiencing entity, the doer, and what? And myself. There's always a confusion. And Vedanta is removing that confusion. Nothing's going to change physically. Discrimination is not a physical change. Discrimination is what? And a change in your thinking, your understanding, because the only thing that's preventing the problem, the preventing the happiness, is the belief that you're what, you're one of these things here, you're your body, you're your feelings, you're your thoughts, your your desires, your what, whatever, your religion, your name, whatever, some object. You identified and you've identified with some object here. And so we've got to put your identity back over here where it belongs. Your identity belongs here. It doesn't belong in this field. It's called it's called Atma, Anatma, Vivekaha. Viveka means discrimination. Atma means awareness. Anatma means what? The objects appearing in you at any moment means the thoughts and feelings arising in you at any time. 19. <clears throat> the sages say that a person is wise if his or her actions have been burned in the fire of self-knowledge. Self-knowledge means what? Discriminating. Hmm? That will destroy your karma. Why? Because <laughs> if you see that you're this, you can't be two things at once. You can't be actionist, awareness, and the doer at the same time. You can only be one or the other. Hmm.
1: Because
0: the mind only thinks one thought at a time. Either you think you're this, in which case you are, or you think you're what? The doer. In which case you're the doer. Understand? Such people, what are are these people like? Again, he's going to tell you what it's like to, to know who you are. Such people act without desire for the results of their action. That doesn't mean they don't act. It means they just act. They allow the gunas to act, and they don't say, I'm acting, and so whatever result comes, they're indifferent to. Consequently, they're content because they do not depend upon results to make them happy. happy. They act happily. They don't act for happiness. I'm acting for, for happiness. But these people act because they're happy. See the difference? It's just day and night. Happy means full, complete. They are free of doership even when they act. (laughs) Why? Because they know I'm the Self. So are they really acting? No, they're apparently acting. Those who are free of expectations, whose bodies, mind, and senses are well-disciplined, who are free of attachment to possessions, and act only to sustain the body, are happy with com- what comes by chance, unaffected by the opposites, without en- envy, even-minded, en- without envy. They don't. They don't. Well, they're not trying to be something or have something that somebody else has. They're totally satisfied with themselves. Even-minded in success and failure. You're a success when you know who you are. That's what success is. <laughs> It doesn't matter what happens in the world. You're successful because you've what? Discovered who you are. That's success. That's how we define success. And free of the need to act while acting. They don't don't need to act, but they act. They allow the gunas to act through them. They're instruments of what? Of Ishwara's will. The karma of those who are free from attachments whose mind had been liberated by self-knowledge and perform action as an offering, is completely cleared. Not driven by karma anymore. Sacrificial spirit, verse 24. The means of offering is the self. (laughs) The offering is the self. (laughs) Brahmarpanam, brahmahavihi, brahmagna, brahmanahutam, Brahme vate vyam Brahma karma samadina Hari That's the chant. They do it at the at at um, at, at the food. It's a grace. It says what the means of offering is the self. It's taken from a, a ritual. The means of offering is the self. The offering is the self offered by the self into the sacrificial fire, which is also the self. The self is indeed obtained by the one who sees everything as the self. Question, sir? I noticed a question. It means everything's the self. It means see everything as the self. See, See the one who's acting as the self. See the doer as the self. See the offering that you're giving, the actions that you're doing. See those as the self. See the results as the self. Huh? See your friends as the self. See your wife and kids as the self. See everything as the self. See the sun, the moon, the stars, and the self. Look at things this way. That's what it means. Because Why? Why can you do that? Because everything is the self. That's why. Don't believe the Maya. <laughs> the Maya tells you it's not me, doesn't it? The Maya tells you that's my wife, that's not me. Huh? Doesn't it? The Maya says that's my body, that means it's not me. <laughs> no, your body's the self, your mind's the self, your wife's the self. You can't say you're enlightened, but my wife's not enlightened. Can you say that? <laughs> 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 if you're enlightened, your wife's enlightened. <laughs> everything's only the self here. right? He says, if you have that vision, if you see like that, huh? then what do you do? You, 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 the, you will obtain the self. What You will discover that that's the truth. You're already the self, so it's not hard to obtain. You'll just remove this negative way of thinking about things this dualistic way of thinking about things. Hey look, if you're me, am I going to hurt you? Am I going to lie to you? I'll lie to you and cheat you and hurt you if you're not me, maybe. But if you're me, will I do that? I won't do that. Why not? Because I love myself more than anything. And if you're myself, can I hurt you? Don't you love yourself more than anything? Does anybody uh, not love themselves more than anything? Because if you, if you say no, then you're a liar. Because <laughs> everybody loves themselves more than anything. There's only, that's the only thing there is to love. There's nothing else to love but yourself. That's it. Huh? And even if you think there's something else to love, why do you love an object? Because it pleases you to love yourself, which means you love the object what to make yourself feel good. That's all. And if you hate an object, why do you hate an object? If you hate yourself, why do you hate yourself? Because it makes you feel good to hate yourself. It pleases you to think you're a worm. (laughs) Doesn't it? So, huh? There's no way you can get around it. You love yourself totally. You just don't. You just don't have the right idea of what yourself is. So you think I don't love myself. But actually, you do. There's a, there's only one self to love anyway. What's huh? the self is like electricity. Huh? It's like electricity. If you have electricity. And it's flowing through a heater, what do you get? Heat. If it's coming out of a light, you get what? Light. If it's going through a light bulb, you get light. If it's going through a, a radio, what do you get? Sound. Now, aren't all of those things, light and heat and sound, aren't all of those just electricity in different forms? Huh? Aren't they? What else are they? The electricity flows through this particular instrument and it manifests in this way. It flows through that particular instrument. It manifests that way. When it goes through me, it comes out as Jim, the teacher. When it goes through you, it comes out as you, the listener. It's the same thing. The self in you and the self is me. There's no difference. Only the instrument makes it look like you're different. The instruments it creates Maya creates a sense of duality, so it looks like you're over there and I'm over here. You're not over there and I'm not over here. You're in me and I'm in you. And the me that you're in and the the you that I'm in, huh? <laughs> vice versa. That's the same you. So you're me and I'm you. What's the difference? That's what non-duality means. Only when I look at myself from the body level, it looks like you're different. If you don't say a word, we can make other differences when you open your mouth. Then you can pretend that you're different from me. You can give a bunch of words that will make you think you're different from me. But if, if you don't say anything and I don't say anything, what do you see? You see a body and you see consciousness. Do you see a different consciousness in every person? No, you don't, do you? You don't. It may look like it's a different consciousness if you what? You associate that body with the consciousness. But it's not. And even the body's the same. What? The body's just five elements. Your body's five elements and my body's five elements. The only thing that's different is the name and the form. That's all. So where's the difference? On the physical level, we're just matter. And on the spiritual level, we're just consciousness. So where's the difference? The only difference is the name and the form. That's it. And how real is the name and the form? How real is the chair? I only see wood here. Does the chair have any any existence apart from the wood? (laughs) So we're all one. There's only one of us here. Yeah. Now he's going to talk about a lot of different sadnas here, a lot of different things you can do. But the important thing it doesn't matter what you're doing to achieve this understanding. The point is you have to like. He's still talking about karma yoga. We're still in the chapter on karma yoga. He's saying the important issue here is what that you make an offering that you've got to give away this sense of duality by offering your actions. With this idea that we are all one, what? I give away whatever I've got. To, I offer it to Ishwara. That's the proof. Uh-huh. If you can let go of anything, if you can offer anything, if you can let go of anything you've got, then you're free. And so he's saying, these, oh, these are these kind of people. This is how they get there. They get there by giving it away. And when you get there, you can give it all away. Because you know none of it belongs to you. You're always okay. With or without anything, you're fine. So he gives a whole list of different sodness that you can do. Karma yogis perform rituals to invoke the deities. While <coughs> contemplative renunciates offer their lives into the fire of self-knowledge. That's what you guys are. You're contemplative renunciates. You're pursuing self-knowledge. So you're dedicating your lives to what? To knowing who you are. That's what it means. Others sacrifice their senses to the idea of self-control. In other words, they control their senses. Or the sense objects into the fire of the senses. Still others offer the activities of the senses and the organs of action into the fire of self-mastery ignited by self-knowledge. Some sacrifice wealth and some commit religious disciplines, commit to religious disciplines like the practice of yoga, while others devote themselves to the study of sacred texts. There are those committed to the control of the mind through the breath who stop the flow of inhalation and exhalation and offer the outgoing breath into the incoming breath and the incoming breath into the outgoing breath. These are pranayamis. To control the intake of food, others offer their desire to eat into that digestive fire. These are fasters. Irrespective of the type of discipline one follows, the sacrificial attitude burns the impurities of the mind. Those who drink the nectar of the sacrifice, huh? those who take whatever is, that comes as prasad, right? Right? they realize the eternal self. Nothing truly beneficial is gained in this world without the spirit of sacrifice. How then can anything be gained in the next? He means in heaven. He's talking to the Vedicas here. Various religious disciplines are offered in the Vedas. Knowing that they are born of karma liberates what? It liberates you from what? Doing karma to get results. (laughs) That's what that means. Liberate you what? From doing karma to get results. Because you're not interested in results. You're interested in a pure mind. That's the result. But all of these people that are following rituals, they're looking for specific results, aren't they? Which means they're going to go to one loka or another. It means they're going to have one experience or another. But when the results of the action burns up, then what happens? They have to go back and do the action again to get the next result. So they're stuck in ritualism. In doing actions, over and over and over again. Sacrifice motivated by self-knowledge is superior to sacrifice with material objects because action itself is resolved by self-knowledge. That means when you get self-knowledge, you're free of action. Whereas if you just act for particular results in the world, you're not ever free of action. You have to keep doing. You remain a doer till the day you die. Realize the self through prostrating, inquiring, and service. The wise, who have the vision of the truth, will teach you self-knowledge. When it removes your self-ignorance, you will see all beings in yourself and in me. In in yourself means in uh, jiva and in consciousness, which are the same. Self-knowledge can redeem even the greatest sinner, so don't feel bad you're a bad person, you can get there. All you have to do, what? Is resolve. You have to make up your mind. That's what you want. And then you can overcome any kind of uh, uncomfortable or unpleasant lasanas. Just as fire reduces wood to ashes, the fire of self-knowledge reduces the results of actions to ashes. That's why the sannyasis wear ashes on their body in, in India. It's a symbol. Of the fact that they're, they're no longer what? Bound by action. They've destroyed or burned up their actions in the fire of knowledge. They've cleared their karma. By what? Their vasanas have been burned. Their karma has been burned by knowing who they are. And therefore they wear those as a sign, a symbol of that knowledge that they have. Those, there is no purifier equivalent to self-knowledge. Karma yoga is good, but self-knowledge clears the street. Why does it do? Because it what? It destroys the notion that you're a doer. In karma yoga, you're still a doer. But in Jnana karma sannyas, with knowledge, what? you destroy the idea that you're the doer. And so you purify not only your actions, but you purify or get rid of the doership. It's that doership, is that feeling that I have to do something. That feeling that when you wake up in the morning, you have to do this and you have to do that. You must do this and you must do that. And if you don't do something, it's going to be awful. Who knows what awful results will come if I don't do it. No awful results will come. Nothing will happen, that's all.
1: <laughs>
0: and that for a Rajasic people is an awful result. Rajas- <laughs> Rajasic people can't stand nothing. They can't stand quiet. They hate quiet. If you put a Rajasic people in a quiet environment, you know what he'll do? Turn on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> they, they cannot sit still with their own minds they're, it's so embarrassing to them if they turn on the radio or have something distraction or TV or they have a bunch of kids around and dogs barking, they're fine because then their mind is always paying attention to something outside but if they have to sit quietly in a quiet environment their minds drive them crazy they hate it they want a really disturbed, distracting environment, and they love it then because they don't have to look at themselves and avoiding their own minds because their minds are messy that that kind of mind is a really messy mind it's painful, it's ugly, and no they don't know how to deal with it, so what they just live in distracting environments that's all that's all but self-knowledge what it destroys that doer, that feeling that I have to do. That's the point. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> There's no law that says you have to do anything. No law. You can do what you like. Take the consequences, yes. You can act. You can act in any way you want. You cannot act altogether. That's what these wise people know. See, it's that feeling that I have to, I'm supposed to do this, that's such a problem. That's what makes you old. That's what makes you worried. That's what takes the spring out of your step and the gleam out of your eye and the smile off your face. Huh? It's that feeling. I have to do. You become boring. You just become like a robot. There's no spontaneity or freedom anymore because this doership has got you. So he said, and the only way you're going to get rid of that is what? Understanding you're the self. Just, there is no... Purifier equivalent to self-knowledge. Prepare the mind. Here, here's the whole essence of the Gita right here. Prepare the mind with the karma yoga attitude and self-knowledge will automatically arise in it. It will just automatically happen. The right time, but it'll become clear. That doesn't mean what? You shouldn't keep studying and going to satsangs and thinking and doing your yana yoga. You should keep doing those too. But you need to have the karma yoga attitude with respect to your action and its results. You keep studying, you keep working, you meditate, you pray, you do all these various things. Discriminate. And and one day, click. That's it. Your identity will shift from here to here. Yes, sir? Uh,
2: Could you talk a little bit about karma yoga with respect to um, Siva? Because karma yoga is often reduced to... Uh,
0: for example especially in ashrams reduced to Seva Seva yes oh yes yeah, Seva so f- well example, yeah you know I, I was afraid to talk about it here because this is an ashram I don't know what you people <laughs> think <laughs> and I want you to love me <laughs>
2: now my, my question is is it possible to do karma yoga in a paid job for example
0: sure absolutely absolutely Absolutely. In fact, that's what he's doing. That's what he's saying, isn't he, Arjuna? This is your paid job. This is your day job. Better do it as karma yoga. Huh? His day job is killing people, he's a warrior. That's what he does. So that's the whole idea here in karma yoga: is you don't run to an ashram, you don't go to the cave. Huh? You stay right where you are, and you change your attitude. Now. Having said that, if you're in the wrong... And you need to enjoy what you're doing. That's part of karma yoga also. That means if you're in a job that you don't enjoy, it's not necessarily because the results that you're getting are not what you want. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's because you don't belong there. It's not your swadharma. And then you can do karma yoga till you're blue in the face and it won't help you at all. Because <laughs> you're in the wrong situation. You're in a situation that's contrary to your own nature, your swadharma, and you're agitated because of that reason, not because you're not getting the results you want in your job. But if you like your job and like what you're doing and you're agitated there, then yeah, the solution is what? Just do karma yoga.
2: Within
0: the job. Yeah, within the job. Sure, because what the boss thinks, huh? say you have a boss. Now, do you have control of the boss's mind? are the same. Huh? No, they're not. You're with the boss. No, huh? You are one with the boss. <laughs> well, then you don't have a problem. <laughs> but a karma yogi doesn't know he's one with the boss. A karma, yoga, a karma yogi thinks he's different from the boss. Uh, that's the problem with kaha. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, uh, now you you may have a certain impact on the boss because the boss needs you. Because you know, boss is not a boss unless he's got you, so you do have a certain control over the boss. On the other hand, the boss isn't the only situ- only part of it. Like in a work situation, say where you're in a complex situation where there's a lot of employees in a business, and all of those people are what. Influencing all those other people. All their thoughts, huh? So every action that comes out is what? Has to take into account all the people in the environment. And then each one of those people in that environment is connected outside that environment to other people. So when something changes in the relationship outside, it changes something on the relationship in the environment, and that changes their relationship to you. Huh? That changes their actions and what they do with reference to you, how they think about you, how they feel about you, what they do, and so forth and so on. So you never know what's going to happen. You can't control it. (laughs) It's a good example. Or the stock market. There's another example. There are so many factors operating there that you can't control it. The individual unit can't control it. Because the big mind, or the total mind, is what? In control. And the needs of the total mind come first. <laughs> that's the rule. Huh? So what, do, what can I do then to maintain my equanimity? Offer my actions as a worship, make a contribution, and whatever comes, whether I like it or not, I say, thank you, Lord, that's good. And you make an adjustment on the spot. And your mind stays calm. And you don't care what happens. You do your action, you get the result, and you just say, That's up to you, Lord. You leave it up to the field. And And then all that agitation is gone. As soon as you offer it, then what? All that anxiety about the result is gone. So now you're free to act creatively. You're free to do your job because you're not worried about what's going to happen. But if you're what if you if you don't surrender the the action to God in the beginning, then you're gonna what? You're gonna keep worrying about the result, and then when you do your action, your mind is gonna be agitated and you won't do actions that are appropriate and timely, and then you won't get the result that you want. Then your work will suffer. So the karma yoga attitude, what, makes you very efficient. In fact, one of the definitions of karma yoga is skill in action, but that's not correct. It does make you skillful in action because why? It removes the anxiety, the the fear that goes along with the result of the action. It removes that. So you do become more skillful, but that's not the point. Because we're not doing the actions to get, you know, a particular worldly result. But it's very nice to get good results by acting efficiently. That also what is a satisfaction. So that will harmonize your mind and give you a lot of self-confidence in your in your job or your situation. Same is true in a family or anywhere. So yes, absolutely. That's what it's for. Not, not, not... Uh, and you can go to an ashram and do seva and do it what? Without the karma yoga attitude and what? You won't get any spiritual growth at all. You'll just get neurotic. And you'll make the ashram rich with your work. (laughs) (laughs) That's how ashrams get rich. Free labor. And they tell you, oh, it's seva. seva. You're doing seva. It's good. I was in an ashram once. It was a very rich ashram. It's now finished because the guru got some little hanky-panky with the ladies. And it all went down. but but and they they hated me the 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 ladies who who handed out the Seva duties, they hated me. and because uh, I, I I'm just not one of those people you try to control. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'm nice and friendly, but don't push me around. If you want trouble, push me around because I'll push back. And so they didn't like me because I wasn't like a sheep. I just would i you know, And I I was happy to leave. I didn't need to be there. I was just there just for the hell of it, because I didn't have anything to do. And I was curious. So, they gave me the worst jobs. Absolutely the worst jobs. Cleaning the toilets and doing all sorts of stuff. Things nobody else wanted to do, they'd give to me, see. And that was fine, I didn't care. And one of the jobs they gave me was to clean the pots and pans, the dishes. Now, there were like 500 people in that ashram and these great big pots where they made rice and cooked all this stuff. And, of course, they always burned the bottoms. <laughs> so, you, you basically, I, you need, I, it was a hell of a job to, first of all, to get down in those pots because they were this big. <laughs> get down to the bottom. And they gave you really crappy equipment. They didn't have any good equipment to do it. And so they give me that job. And uh, and I do it I didn't particularly like it but I did it and uh, and on the wall in front of me, right there there's a great big big sink where all the dishes were in the water and all that sort of stuff right on the wall you know what it said it said "One hour of dish Seva burns one lifetime of karma <laughs> <laughs> And that was karma yoga for them. (laughs) Means we got some fool, right? Who's ready to work his butt off so he don't have to pay anybody to wash the dishes. Because he thinks he's what? He's getting rid of his karma by doing that. (laughs) I wasn't getting getting more karma. I was getting dishwashing karma. (laughs) 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 Karma yoga is the attitude you take with respect to whatever you're doing. It has nothing to do with the karma at all. It's purely an attitude that you take. And that attitude, what does it do? It exhausts your vasanas. makes your mind quiet. So, that's the idea. No. Huh.
2: How can I know what uh, my svadana is, my jiva Oh. is? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, what do you really like to do?
2: Isn't that just a like? And this is usually the, no. Usually, the what
0: you really like to do is what your nature is. You usually like to do things that are natural to you. At one time it was my swadharma to make money. All I like to do is make money. Another time, ta- another period I just want sex. So that was my swadharma. I just went <laughs> to chase girls. <laughs> Once I got over with that, then what? Then Ishwar gave me another one. And then I got spiritual seeker. Huh? then that was my swadharma that was my nature then i worked through that one samskara that one karma and then i got the next one now a spiritual person what is your what are their swa are you a spiritual person or not are you i think you are you are you going for moksha aren't you mm-hmm. well what your swadharma is uh, do karma yoga that's it
1: what
0: doing. <laughs> 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 do karma yoga, jnana yoga, and, and, and upasana yoga. Meditate, do karma yoga, mm-hmm. and, and and study the scriptures. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your dharma, if you're a spiritual seeker. But if you're a worldly person,
2: huh? I'm not satisfied with this answer. Um, that uh, if it's just what you feel like doing.
0: Well, but no, just, it, it isn't necessarily. A definite, for a worldly person, it is. A person feels like flying airplanes. Did you ever meet a kid who said, I want to be a pilot? Huh? They start when they're like five years old. They say, I want to fly airplanes. That's his swadharma. He ends up 20, 50 years later flying an airplane. That's his swadharma. That's what he wants to do. That's what he likes to do. He feels that's his strongest vasana. So he needs to do that to work it out. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an artist. You know, some people are just artists. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're just, wherever they go, they're doing art. That's their swadharma. That's the, what Ishwara gave them, that, that talent, that vasana.
2: Is it these desires which are like the fetus in the womb?
0: Uh, they can be, yes. Deep. Or they can be very shallow. Mine were shallow. Very superficial. Mm-hmm. i just do what I wanted to do and i get done doing it well. It would go away. I didn't want to do it anymore. Then Ishwar'd give me something else to do. A new desire would come up. I could go for hundreds of years. I got so many desires, huh? <laughs> I could just keep going forever. Give me a hundred-year, thousand-year body. I I can dream up things to do all the time.
2: Hmm? But why shouldn't I question my Swadharma as I question my wrongly identified self? Well,
0: you, it 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 well. If you're happy doing what you do, you won't question it. If you're not happy doing it, then maybe it's not your swadharma. Like for example, if you're a if you're a, an artist and you find yourself in a meat packing plant killing and cutting up the bodies of dead cows, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you'd be all that happy there. People do that all the time. They take jobs just for money, huh? That they don't feel like they should take. And so they're not happy in their work. But you find work that makes you happy and you do that. Then that's your swadharma. Don't do actions that are contrary to what you, will make you feel good and make you feel right.
2: Arjuna is not happy if it's doing...
0: No, things. no, but he's, he's emotionally, he's confused. He, he, huh? And this happens all the time. You, you find these crises, things, circumstances, they're called black swans. The things that happen that you have no control over. And in those situations, you have an emotional crisis and you lose contact with what you're supposed to do. Huh? You get so confused, so emotionally disturbed and intellectually confused, you can't feel what's right for yourself anymore. You lose co- touch with your, your swadharma.
2: And you say, supposed to do it sounds like it's coming from outside. It but does, but it's not, but it's
0: from inside. Suppose You feel driven to do it. This is what he calls by your nature, your swadharma. And that nature is put into you by Ishwar for a reason. Because you're supposed to do a function here. See, it's, it's, it's not, when I come here, it's not all about me getting what I want. It's about me doing, I, I can get what I want... That's fair enough. But I need to do, give something back to Ishwara too, don't I?
2: But wouldn't that uh, make possible to justify, to live out your desires by pretending it's your svadharma?
0: Well, yeah, it would, but then you'll suffer for that. And, and then, then you'll have to re- question whether or not you're doing the right thing. I see. <laughs> <laughs> It's always experimental. So you try these things uh, and then when they don't work, you understand, hey, I'm not supposed to be doing this. So you stop doing it. That's all. I can't imagine not writing scripture and and teaching scripture. I I have no idea what I would do other than that. But if, if Ishwar takes that away, I'm sure I'll find something to do. What it be? I don't know. Ishwara will give me another job. Right now I've got this job. Like cleaning up these scriptures, putting them in English, teaching this knowledge. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I don't particularly want to do it. I don't not want to do it. It's just what's there. And whatever I do, I do well. I do with enthusiasm. That's a karma yoga spirit. I offer this knowledge. I don't know. If you don't get enlightened, it's fine. If you don't, it's fine. I can't worry about whether you get enlightened or not. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to be, oh, did he get it? Oh, did she get it? Oh, he didn't get it. Maybe I didn't say it right. I wonder if I'm a good teacher or not. Oh, I better go back and study some more and ask the Swami. Should I tell it differently? You know, I don't know. I just like doing it. I just do it. You know, it's up to you, you know. And that's a, I don't know what, you know, you, you'll find whatever, whatever is in front of you is usually what your dharma is. If you're confused about your swadharma, forget it. Just do what's in front of you in the karma yoga spirit and, and worry about your swadharma later. But in, but, but in this case, if you're, if you're sincere about seeking, then this is telling you what you're supposed to do. If you, if you say, I'm a, if I want moksha, if that's what you say, then the scripture is telling you what your dharma is. Your dharma is to what? Do karma yoga, do vipassana yoga, do jnana yoga, right? discipline your senses, look at your values, etc. etc., etc. All the whole the whole your whole lifestyle, all of your actions are what determined by the scripture. Just do what it tells you. That that because that works for anybody that does this is going to get moksha. That's what the scripture is. You can count on this. This is just, it's like a contract, black and white. If you, huh? If you fulfill, if you fulfill the duties and the obligations here and satisfy the qualifications, you'll get free. It's worked for thousands of years. It's going to work for another thousands of years. It's going to work forever because it's the truth. So this, you just take this and you just throw out your, that's what I did. I got so tired of of being in charge of my life. And I got so bored with myself. I thought, oh God, I've known myself for 25 years. There's nothing more to know. I'm not interested. I think I'll just let Ishwara do it all. So I just figured out what Ishwara wanted and I just did it. That's all. I'm just a Vedanta computer and it's fine. I don't have one original thought. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and uh, do you know something I don't want an original thought I don't want the responsibility of thinking a particular thought I'm just like a, f- a computer I'm just a scriptor. I just crank it out that's fine, that's easy I can just sit here and enjoy and it just keeps coming out and that's the end of it so I don't have to go home and think oh, who am I? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing or not? I don't care. I'm doing the right thing. I'm just doing what is there. It's easy if you just turn it over to Ishwara. Follow the scripture. End of story. Oh, no, no. I want to be in charge here. I'll, I'll be the one that makes up my mind what I want to do. Oh, well, Okay then you're free to do what you know you're free to take charge this is what ishwar this is what free will means you can either follow this and this can become your swadharma this can become your nature or you can do something else it's up to you there's no uh, compulsion you don't have to it's purely optional i just think it's smart (laughs) to 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 turn over the whole thing to somebody else because I'm lazy, basically. Huh? I'm, I'm very lazy. I really don't want to work very hard. That, sannyasis are like that. That's why people are sannyasis in India. It's not because they're spiritual. It's because <laughs> <laughs> <'cause> they're lazy. <laughs> the Dalai Lama said, when he asked him, he said, oh, I'm very lazy. And you see these people, these sadhus in India... My God, they don't do a damn thing. They just sit there. In the morning, they're sitting there. In the noon, they're sitting there. In the afternoon, they're sitting there. Then they sleep, and then they get up, and they sit. And maybe they'll walk a few, you know, a few feet to get some food, but then they just go and sit there. They're lazy. huh? They don't want to, to take charge and do all this stuff. And, huh? It's just much easier to let what? Let Bhagavan do it all. Let Ishwar do it all sure is doing it all anyway
1: <laughs>
0: huh it's like it's like having a person driving you huh, in a car and then you're sitting over there backseat driving you you're going like huh <laughs> my, my wife likes to tell me how to drive I'm driving dear you don't have to tell me how to drive it's okay because hmm? the car's going on you don't have to like... Huh? Every time we go in a corner,
1: <laughs>
0: it's already happening. <laughs> Take it easy. Where are we here? Is that it? <laughs> That's it? Yeah, yeah. it's That's over. It. <laughs> huh? What verse? Where are we at? Oh, no, no, yeah. No, we're done. We're on chapter five,
2: huh?
0: Yeah. Okay. Again, our Jew is going to have another one of his fake doubts. You know, one of his convenient doubts. Oh, I don't get what you're saying, Krishna. You know, he's misunderstanding because he doesn't really want to hear it because he's got an agenda, huh? <laughs> he's Jivas, I tell you. <laughs> they're so useless <laughs> really they've always got a, they're always trying to wiggle things. you're like lawyers you know they're always looking for a way out yeah. there's no way out <laughs> just surrender man, relax, surrender turn your life over let on. do it let's do what he says, it's easier if you're so wonderful why aren't you happy? <laughs> if you're so smart if you're a big doer, then why aren't you happy? Huh? So, <laughs> I, you know, that's what I figured out. I figured out, hey, if I'm so wonderful, why aren't I happy? And then I realized, oh, I see. I don't know a damn thing. When I met my guru, then that's what I re- I did all this spiritual stuff for four years. And then I realized it didn't work. There's something wrong here. You yeah. know, I, I, Obviously, it's my problem. There's something wrong with the way I'm seeing it. And then I met my teacher, and then he says, "Hey, just surrender here. Just take it easy. Just surrender. It's easy then. Turn it over to Ishwara. Don't don't think you've got to do it all yourself. He's telling you how to do it. Not forcing you. It's up to you. In fact, in this this section, this is all about self-effort. The next section we're going to talk more about Ishwara. This Ishwara is your <laughs> Ishwara can help you here." You've got to be ready to do the work, but what Ishwar can be a great great friend or Ishwar can be your enemy either way it's up to you first the first part of the Gita is you know stand up and fight means what? do it get on with it. Do your work Do it in this spirit, do it in this attitude and then what and we'll give you a little more information to make it easier for you and eventually you'll get free It's a process it's an infrastructure you just it's a setup. Just follow it. That's the idea: use your discrimination to separate the subject you from the object. Okay. Tomorrow, 9:30. God bless you. Take it easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the talk of James Watts on the Bhagavad Gita, recorded at Yoga Vidya Bad Meinberg near Hanover in Germany. More information on shiningworld.com and yoga-vidya.org